the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time to sit back, relax, and listen to Conversations with Joan. Conversations with Joan will inspire, motivate, and empower you. Live your best life now. Listen, learn, think, and decide. And now, here's your host, Joan Herman. Welcome to Conversations with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. Conversations with Joan focuses on topics that are important to your life, from health and wellness to professional development to personal well-being. Changemakers join me to share their insights, tips, and strategies so you can thrive and live your best life now. Thank you for taking time for yourself, and thank you for letting us be a part of your life. Now, let's start talking. Many of us spend time working to identify and solve problems by using our head. But what if there was another approach, a reliable and effective pathway to realizing innermost desires? Today's guest, Steve Siskold, believes that we should get out of our head and into our body in order to achieve greater wisdom, confidence, and success. Steve's whole body intelligence teaches how to become aware of subtle body sensations and how to interpret their meanings, linking them with thoughts, experiences, and decisions. According to Steve, it's time to stop overthinking and decisions will become easier to make. Steve is a motivational speaker and executive coach. He is the author of the book, Whole Body Intelligence, Get Out of Your Head and Into Your Body to Achieve Greater Wisdom, Confidence, and Success. Welcome, Steve. Thanks for joining us. Oh, pleasure, Joan. Thank you for having me. So, Steve, most of us spend a lot of time in our head trying to figure things out. I I know I do, way too much time. So (laughs) you suggest that a body-centered approach can offer tremendous insight into the way we feel, therefore helping us make better decisions. What is whole body intelligence, and why is this so important to use? Well, you know, so many times we have things that happen in the past, And uh, we might forget them, but they'll pop up, you know, like if we've been hurt in a relationship, we might be holding back from meeting somebody or trusting somebody, but not really, you know, we're not realizing in our head, we think we're doing fine, but somewhere in our body lives that memory. You know, we forget a lot of things, but what I have found in, in doing the work I've been doing is that these things still might live in us and they'll pop up, you know, when something similar comes about. And we'll have possibly a negative or a fear about the outcome. So I just uh, invite people to take a moment, because most of our thoughts are either in the past or in the future, and just kind of take a breath and notice and feel uh, more, you know, more intelligence, not just what your mind's telling you, but perhaps there's some fear in your belly or some pain in your chest. And what I have found, Joan, is that often people will get in touch with what I call viral belief a belief that might be living still in their whole system. A lot of people have heard of emotional intelligence, and yet I'll say to people, what do you feel? Hmm, not sure. I I think I'm sad. I think I'm angry. But as soon as I tell them, what is your body saying? Because I know your your fist is tight or you're holding your breath. They'll go, oh, yeah, and they'll get in touch with that feeling or that belief that might be holding them back. So it's it's another uh, intelligence, if you will, for us, and, and I'll just end with, you know, when I was in sales, if I leaned forward and I noticed my customer leaned back, uh, but when I sat back and relaxed and noticed I wasn't shaking my leg or giving any body signals, I did better. So that's really what started me saying, wow, I think we ignore this uh, intelligence that's right in, right in us, our innate intelligence, and I've been helping people get in touch with that as an extra tool for them to deal with life. Well, Steve, I I find your work fascinating because, as I said, I have spent my entire life being one of those in-the-head people where everything needed to make sense and I needed to think through everything. And more and more recently, I've learned to 
listen to my body. And, you mm. know, you could call it intuition. You can call it whole body intelligence. But what I found is mm. the more I tune in, the more signals I get and the more I'm relying on this for decision making in my life. And, and and I think what I found is your body rarely lies to you. You really know what's going on if you pay attention. Absolutely. You know, I read yesterday, I don't know, it's funny how things come to you. I was just reading and I, I, a research study said that we have about 70,000 thoughts a day. Wow, think mm-hmm. about that. And, you know, often those thoughts, again, can be scary or negative or just fictional. And I just found that, you know, once I would take that breath and tap in and really listen to what was happening for me in the moment, not only would I de-stress, you know, in the moment, which is a lot of the work I do with people, but I would just help people get in touch with something. You know, I've helped a, a coach get back on the bench. He thought he'd never coach again. I've worked with, you know, musicians, athletes, writers who, you know, maybe got rejected and thought they'd never sell that book again. And those thoughts were just stopping them cold. But once they would really, you know, tap into that other intelligence, they might get in touch with, you know, this has nothing to do with now. (laughs) This has something to do with something I'm holding in my body. Our body was there from day one. So those traumas, even as early, you know, I'm even certified in prenatal work. Even as early as that, uh, things happened, and we don't realize that they're in our way or, or in our, you know, blocking us from having the success or the relationship, or you know, the health that we can have. So for me, uh, it's really helped a lot, and and I've been listening to my body a lot more, and it's really helped me, you know, get over the old people. Oh, you'll never sell a book, and of course, if I froze and I started to feel into that frozen thought, I probably wouldn't have gone to New York and tried to sell my book. Mm -hmm. But, you know, once I breathed through that and realized that, oh, you know, this isn't about the book. It's about deeper things that live inside of me. And I help people breathe and release and kind of, as I say, like release that belief and then start to embody a new belief. It's amazing how the shift occurs and just their body language alone I call it your billboard, their body language alone shifts and they get a different result. Well, I love when you say that life is not meant to be an out-of-body experience. And that makes so much sense because that's how most of us live our life, as though it's two things. Well, absolutely. You know, look, let's face it. Do you want to be uncomfortable? I know I don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the, the first thing we do is when we feel some fear or anger or sadness or any emotion in our body, you know, our tendency is to get out of it, right? Um, I went to see somebody the other day, you know, who was their dad passed and then they just kept saying, oh, we're just numbing ourselves. We're numbing ourselves. And I understand, of course, the pain, but that's a perfect example of we don't want to feel. I mean, I don't want to feel bad. So the tendency is to numb. But what I've noticed, Joan, is when we actually let the feeling into our body and breathe with it and express it and actually let it, if you will, you know, circulate and release then something else can happen. So I feel like a lot of us are frozen and numb, uh, even what's happening in the world today. You know, it's, 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 it's who wants to feel it. So mm-hmm. people will definitely, uh, including myself, have a tendency to want to go out. But I've just retrained myself and focused my thoughts, if you will, to not run from what I feel, but to just be aware of it. And it's helped me. You know, I'm a speaker and I coach and and, uh, and I was in sales. And that's really where I discovered it. You know, just noticing that my body language and the inner thoughts I was having was affecting uh, my presentation to the world. And of course, if somebody felt like, oh, he's afraid of me, then who would want to go on a date? You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm in a relationship now 10 years, but it took a lot of work to be able to believe because I got rejected a couple times and it was still in my body, even though my mind wanted something else. But my body was sending a signal. And that's really the message that, you know, your body's speaking all the time to people. So be aware of it. That's an intelligence that we ignore, and it affects the impact we have and the results we have. Steve, you talk about Blue Zone and Hawaiian cultures and the the lifestyles that the people there live. What can we learn from these cultures about living a body-centric versus a mind-centric life? I love that question. You know, I did live in, in Hawaii for five years, 
You know, Joan, the culture is so different when you really get in with the Hawaiians. Number one, their their word for ohana is family. The word for family is ohana. You know what that means? That means families who breathe together. Aloha. You know, ah, it means heaven, and lo means earth, and ha means breath. So their whole culture, you know, is based on, you know, breathing and, and being awake and being aware that, you know, Hawaiian and how they would kiss when they say hello, they would put their cheek next to mine and let me feel their breath. Mm-hmm. So they're more of a body centered culture, uh, more of a, a culture that believes in that, where a lot of our culture was, you know, that we weren't allowed to feel. And, and we were trained to, to not feel. And, and I think a lot of us got into that habit. Uh, maybe we expressed, you know, Mommy, um, I, I have this story. I was at a hot springs, and I remember, uh, Mommy, I'm really hot. Oh, you're not hot. No, I am. No, you're not. So what does that teach us? Well, maybe I don't know what I'm feeling. Huh, I thought I was hot. You know, and then uh, the mom said, um, oh, taste this, honey. It's cucumber water, right? I like it. But she said, it tastes like lemonade. So the the daughter takes a sip. No, it doesn't. No, it does. Keep trying. And eventually the little girl said, yeah, mom, it tastes like lemonade. And I could just see the girl's shoulders hunch. So what does that teach the girl? That's teaching the little girl, I don't know what I feel. Mm -hmm. And I thought it tasted bad. And I thought I was hot. But my mom told me I'm not. So we we lose trust in our own instincts and our own innate intelligence. And I've been coaching people to go to go with that instinct, go with that feeling. If it doesn't feel right, then listen before you just say no. Steve, so many people today are walking around like ticking time bombs. They're so angry. They're ready to yell at each other or say something nasty to another person. What do you think is happening? Do you think it's a suppression of those feelings, those emotions that were so bottled up, we're ready to explode? Absolutely. And Joan, I don't know if you've been uh, somehow tuning into my life, but uh, just the other day, I was at the gym. All the towels, they offer towels, they're all alike. And I, uh, you know, everybody lines their little towels up. I grabbed the wrong towel. They're all alike. The guy went crazy. My towel. I went, whoa, it's okay. I'll get you another one. No. And I realized in that moment, here's a guy who's probably frustrated at work or at home. He's a walking time bomb. He's just waiting for that opportunity to let that out. And that's why I said, release, breathe, move. You know, get that out of your body. I have like 30-day programs, and they're all about each day. You know, have focused thinking, concentrating, (sighs) being aware of my posture, being aware of my thoughts. Unfortunately, most of us don't have that opportunity. So it might be road rage or it's something like that. And and that's why I caught a walking time bomb, because here's a guy who was at the gym. I apparently was working out. Whatever happened, it didn't release his stress. And boy, he just found the opportunity in my towel, you know, Mm -hmm. to to let it out on me. And of course, I knew this is a time bomb. So I just uh, handed him another towel and got out of there. But I realized that uh, there's quite a bit of that, you know, out on the out on the road and uh, in situations. And we see a lot of in in the news that someone just didn't get to express or feel or let that emotion out. And um, perhaps their parents you know, did or said things to them that they weren't allowed to speak. And that what happened is it gets bottled up. And where does that energy go? That's what I tell people. It doesn't go away. It's right in your cells. It's right in your skin. And uh, I see it all the time with people, you know, like I said, in their body language or the fist or they're gritting their teeth. And just that one signal of, ah, take a breath. I notice that you're clamping your jaw as you said you want to earn more money. And they'll find underneath their bodies giving them a signal to what that belief or that pattern that might be holding them back. And I've found that it's the quickest way to get things out of the way. And I've helped people, you know, sell books, make that sale, um, meet that perfect relationship that they were looking for by tuning into where they were holding these negative beliefs. And as you said, the walking time bomb, the anger, and then they have an opportunity to be more aware. It, it's nothing to be afraid of. You just become awake and aware of what's really happening in my 
whole body, not just my mind, IQ, not just my emotions, EQ, but my whole BQ. And I have a, a test on my uh, website that helps people to determine how high or low is your BQ. Are you aware that you're shaking your leg when you're making a presentation? Are you aware that you're gritting your jaw when you say, oh, I really like that? People see that. And if you're not aware of it, then you're probably going to get a lower result in what you're looking for. And that's a lot of what I'm, I'm about. And so many things that we're dealing with in life, we could make an impact to to change them if we just take the time to be mindful, to be in the present, to pay attention to our body and, and our reactions. And your work with stress, you have something called the rebooting technique. Can you explain to us exactly how that works? Absolutely, Joan. Well, like right in this moment, right now, I think it's, it's difficult for people because they're doing so many things at once, looking at their phone while they're doing something else. But I always tell people, you know, what do you do when your computer's down? You know what they say immediately. Oh, we reboot. Why? Well, something's not working, so I turn it off and I start it over. So it's the same thing. If there's any opportunity for me, and I'm, you know, before I go into an event, before I got on this radio show today, or any other feelings, I just like to reboot. So the first thing I do is just be aware, turn everything off, and just make that commitment to myself that I'm going to reboot myself right now. And I get comfortable. And I start with breath, and then I start to say out loud things like, I'm noticing my jaw is tight. I'm noticing my shoulders are up to my ears. I'm starting to have an integrative conversation now between my body and my mind. And then I'll go into breathing and notice things like, is it difficult to breathe in? You know, Joan, I find that a lot of times when people have difficulty taking a deep in-breath, they have difficulty receiving that's how core the breath is. And I'll notice other people will have the opposite. They'll have difficulty on the out-breath, and they're usually people who have difficulty expressing themselves. So it's that kind of awareness. And then I'll take them further into the body in the rebooting technique, and they'll get uh, more aware of things that are happening and different beliefs. So it's, a, it's about a seven-step, and it's just uh, as we're doing it, we're just taking breaths and noticing right, right now what did you become aware of? Oh, didn't realize that I was, you know, leaning forward or clutching onto my meetings in an hour and I was, you know, clutching my body tight thinking about it. So you get to relax and rewire it. You get to release that thought and bring in a new thought. So then I'll have people say what they want. You know, I want to have this meeting go successful. Or I want to, uh, you know, have a great time that I go my first date. I want to have a great meeting when I take my book to the publisher. And then notice, again, what did you feel in your body? What emotions came up? And then I'll have people move. Maybe you need to shake it out. Maybe you need to just kind of get up or change your posture. Um, and then continue to breathe and affirm what you want until your body starts to receive it, if you will. For me, Joan, what I notice is when I feel comfortable in my body with what I want to manifest and I release whatever that is that's been blocking or in the way of it, I find that I'm received differently. I, I remember when I was in sales, um, just being aware and rebooting before I walked in, I was aware that my customer who was AT&T um, was distracted. And I could have just gone on with my pitch and been blind to it, but I noticed her discomfort in her body because I was aware of my own. And I said to her, you know, I'm noticing, and it took guts to do that, I'm noticing as I'm speaking, it seems like you're distracted. Am I correct? And she said, wow, you're the first sales rep who's ever stopped his pitch to actually ask me how I'm doing. And then she told me, I've got this issue, I've got that issue, and then I helped her with that. Uh, she needed a machine here, she needed a machine there. Long story short, that presence and that ability to reboot and be awake and aware in the moment turned out to be 3,000 machines later. <laughs> it changed my life. Yeah. So I just really encourage everybody to reboot, get ready to be your best at whatever you're doing versus walking in and bringing the morning tension or the traffic tension or whatever it is, and you're not even aware. But other people see it, and it affects how you relate and how you're seen. Steve, in that process, you mentioned the importance of moving. And most of us spend our day 
sitting. I, I mean, we sit at a, a desk or a computer, and then we go home and we sit in front of a television, and and we very seldom move. So, how important is movement? to the way our brain reacts or responds and, and what we think. I think it's so important. You know, Joan, I grew up, all we did was we're, we were outside. We were always moving, you know. We're always always doing something. And unfortunately today with the computers, the video games and all those things, you know, too many children I notice are just sitting. And I notice the difference between children who, you know, go to school and then do athletics afterwards or doing you know, physical things, but they're just more in their body and they're not carrying as much tension. So one of the things that I teach a lot is when your body wants to do something, especially if you're in your own room or if you can go, and I've done this plenty of times in offices, I'll go into a private space, let your body speak. In the therapy kind of work I do in the coaching, the movement really is um, gives us tremendous information that when we're locked up, we're holding our breath, we're locking our body, that we're not, we're not getting any information. But if that hand wants to move, let it move. If that fist wants to open or, or punch the air, let it punch the air because your body's wanting to express something. If somebody's shaking their leg when they're working with me, I'll go, shake your leg more. Make that bigger. In fact, let that leg speak. And sure enough, some information will come to them. It's amazing. But they'll go, wow, I just wanted to kick that out of my life, and I feel 100% better. Or, wow, I noticed when I started moving, it reminded me of childhood, you know, or, or it brought me back to a memory. So, again... It's called cellular memory. Everything that's ever happened to us, and this is not just me speaking, it's, it's scientific, it's written up, that things happened and they're still in our cellular memory, which is amazing. There's been work on the belly, how much is held in the belly. They say in the belly has a brain. So in other words, things happen. We hold them in our shoulders, we hold them in our belly, and they're stuck. So we can't get that information. We can't express what that that unexpressed feeling or emotion. So I find that movement is the best. Even people coming in here locked up, stressed, scared. Once I have them breathe and start walking and moving, ah, all of a sudden they're able to tell what's happening for you. What are you feeling? What is that fear? What is that anger? And they can't get that just sitting and locked up in their brain. So the movement really is a, a doorway to get better and greater information. The book is Whole Body Intelligence, Get Out of Your Head and Into Your Body to Achieve Greater Wisdom, Confidence, and Success. If you'd like to get more information about Steve and his work, you can visit wholebodyintelligence.com. Steve, in about 30 seconds or less, what's the takeaway? What would you like to leave our listeners with? I'd like to leave the listeners with that, you know, everything that you feel and that you're noticing Rather than shut it off or, or numb it or cut away, take the opportunity to actually let yourself feel that. Accept where you are now. Take a nice deep breath. You know, reboot. Actually be aware that you're more than just a mind. So I think the, the awareness, uh, that self-evident truth that's inside of you, you can find it right in your body. All you need to do is sit back, breathe, listen, and whatever you feel, rather than shutting it down, let it speak to you. And you'll find that you'll get a lot of information that you need in your life right now to push through that fear or to get that wisdom, that you know, intuitive feeling inside. Your body's brilliant, and it's there for you to use and not to ignore. Steve, thank you so much for joining us. I, as I said, have been really paying attention to what my body is saying to me, and it's been a game changer. So I hope our listeners will learn more about what you've been saying, and I thank you so much for being here and sharing. Oh, thank you, Joan. It's been a pleasure. I loved it. Thank you so much. This is Conversations with Joan. Stay with us. We'll be right back. How much can the right foods do for you? A lot more than weight control. The right foods can increase your energy, improve your outlook, and strengthen your body's natural defenses. What foods can do all that? Primo Health Solutions will show you using metabolic typing. This remarkable program lets your body tell you what it needs to work best. Call them today at 347-903-7030. That's 347-903-7030. Or go to PrimoHealthSolutions.com. Using metabolic typing, Primo Health Solutions will let your body work best. 
Soul by Rain is produced from various seed flowers. Its primary ingredients hail from the black cumin seed and the black raspberry seed. These two combine to provide a powerful antioxidant barrier against the devastating effects of stress. Soul by Rain has been hailed as one of the most important anti-aging antioxidants ever discovered. Soul is an anti-inflammatory and it helps prevent and repair radical damages for a healthier heart. Get your soul by calling your rain partner, Elmina Ziza, at 973-722-1154. Calm, vitality, mindfulness. We all want them, but they seem so hard to attain. Escape the stress and frenzy of the city streets. New York Open Center offers courses, trainings, and a vibrant community to help you start your journey for a more balanced and healthy life. Visit our website at opencenter.org for more information. Stop by our cafe and bookstore for all your wellness needs. Find your center at 30th and Madison. We all want to live a happy, productive life, but sometimes we just need a little help. Our Coach on Call experts provide strategies to help you live your best life now. Joining me today is Amy Collins, author of the book Infant Inspiration and creator of the online course Moms, Courageous Women Raising the Next Generation. Amy promotes thoughtful conversations around motherhood. Her insightful perspectives look to empower mothers to own their role, clarify how it works best for them, and confidently express it. She's here today to talk about mom brain. Welcome, Amy. Thanks for joining us. As always, Joan, it's wonderful to be with you. So, Amy, the term mom brain, I'm pretty sure I know what this means. So <laughs> when we hear someone say that they have mom brain, what does that often imply? It implies that they're being forgetful, being pulled in so many different directions. And, you know, some moms on my Facebook conversation about this, they explained it as, you know, their brain just can't keep up with all of it. They're overwhelmed and they start to lose things in the house and details fall through the cracks. That's how mom brain would be defined. <laughs> it's kind of like Although, looking for your eyeglasses while you're wearing them. Yes, exactly. I mean, there are times scientifically, like, you know, during pregnancy and menopause where a woman's brain does chemically change. Mm-hmm. But other times when people just, you know, when women refer to their mom brains, it's often just like that. You said their glasses are on their head and they're running around looking for them. We are overloaded. We are overstimulated. How does this affect us as moms? When we say we have mom brain and we say in a way that, you know, we're joking about it on some level there, Joan, we're downplaying what we do because we're pointing out the bit that we're forgetting or we're saying, oh, I have mom brain. And there's no reason for us to diminish ourselves because we need to recognize that This forgetfulness or feeling of overwhelm, it happens to everybody. You know, you never hear a CEO say, ooh, I have mom brain. Um, You never hear a doctor say she has mom brain in a belittling way. And people in those positions forget at times or they feel overwhelmed also. And they even have assistance, right, to help with the details. Moms, most often, we're managing numerous projects all at once and on our own. So even if it's used in a joking way, The term mom brain is downplaying what we do, and we shouldn't do that because raising children is real work. So, Amy, what do you suggest we do? So I suggest, you know, take pride because we're working on so many levels, and it's admirable, and we should be building each other up. So, you know, if we forget a detail every so often, we need to remind ourselves it happens to everyone. So let's not mindlessly or even jokingly knock ourselves down. Instead, let's highlight how awesome and amazing our brains are as moms. There are so many skills that we use, that we learn and build as mothers. So what about if we changed our perspective and we embodied the idea that mom brain really is amazing in how it is processing so much on so many different levels that it should be seen as an awesome compliment to have mom brain, right? It's Mm -hmm. like a superpower. (laughs) (laughs) Amy, thank you so much for joining us to talk about this topic. If you would like to learn more about Amy and her work, you can visit her website, createclarity.net. And as always, to hear more from Amy, you can visit our website, cyacyl.com slash Amy. This is Conversations with Joan. Stay with us. We'll be right back. 
Hi, this is Joan Herman. Did you know that Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life publishes a free monthly digital magazine that can be read online or emailed to your inbox? Every month, nationally recognized leaders in their field provide information to educate, inspire, and motivate you. We believe in a holistic approach to life, incorporating mind, body, and spirit. Check out a copy of 24-7 Magazine, visit CYACYL.com, and be sure to tell your friends. Does your child snore or breathe with their mouth hanging open at night? Are they restless or just don't get a good night's sleep? Children that don't sleep well will have other troubles like slowed physical growth, behavioral issues at home or at school, and changes in their facial appearance, including crooked teeth. At the Center for Integrative Orthodontics, we treat the reasons that crooked teeth happen. People bring their children to us as young as three from all over the East Coast. To learn more, go to morethanstraightteeth.com. This is WNYM. Hackensack, New Jersey, New York City. Welcome back to Conversations with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for staying with us. Imagine running your own business that generates seven figures in revenue. Does this sound like a fantasy or like something that you could achieve? A trend in employment today is the million-dollar one-person business. Joining me today to discuss how one person can accomplish this task is Elaine Pofelt, a writer for Forbes.com. In her book, The Million-Dollar One-Person Business, Elaine explains how to identify, launch, and grow a business to generate one million in revenue. Elaine was a senior editor at Fortune Small Business Magazine, and her work has been published in Money, Fortune, Inc., and Good Housekeeping, among others. Welcome, Elaine. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Joan. It's great to be here. So, Elaine, more and more people today, and and many people that I know, are leaving their full-time jobs and starting their own company. Do you believe that now is a good time for a person to follow his or her dream and run their own business? This is the best time in history, Joan, for someone to run their own business. The reason being that technology has made it so accessible for people and made it possible to scale our revenues beyond what was ever possible for one-person businesses before. Elaine, are there particular industries that these types of businesses succeed in? There are, Joan. I identified six that are the most accessible to the average person. Um, The top one is e-commerce. It's gotten easier than ever to build a high-revenue e-commerce business thanks to platforms like Amazon. Another area that's really exciting is manufacturing. In the old days, you needed a whole factory full of people to be a manufacturer. Now you can use sites like Makers Row to connect with outsourced resources or use a co-packer to pack up your food so that it's um, health safety compliant and be a one-person manufacturing business from your home. And I encountered a number of people in the food industry doing that. Um, The third one is informational content creation. So we see more people who have an expertise creating online courses, webinars, sometimes eBooks, things like that where they turn their knowledge into a product. Mm -hmm. Um, Number four is professional services. This is more obvious. This is somebody like an attorney who goes out on his own or her own, an accountant. Somebody in a highly compensated field could get to one million if they price their services right, deliver the right types of results, etc. There's personal services firms, so I'm coming across more people who are in fields like fitness coaching, nutritional um, coaching, that sort of thing, who are building million-dollar one-person businesses. And finally, real estate, which is a fun one, and it's something that can be done as an adjunct to other types of careers. Elaine, up until nine years ago, I had always worked for someone else. And nine years ago, I became an entrepreneur. I started the company that now produces this show and publishes our magazine. And, And I actually have two companies now. And to get to that point, there are so many challenges that one must overcome. And what would you say are some of the greatest challenges that face entrepreneurs today? And the second part to that is, what personal characteristics do these people need to have to overcome them? Is there a commonality among successful entrepreneurs? Joan, it's funny, you and I have a similar career path. I went freelance about 10 years ago, and I think both of us are well aware of what the challenges are Mm -hmm. through our own experience. So it's a great question. The number one challenge is really the startup capital. That's the number one thing people write to me about as a journalist. I would like to start a business, but 
do you know of any government grant programs that will give me the money to get started? You really have to figure out how to come up with the money on your own. There's really not that many people that are going to give you money to start a business. So that's the number one challenge. Fortunately, it's very doable. You can save money for a couple of years while you're working in a traditional job. If you have a spouse or life partner who earns an income, you can cut back on your living expenses and live on one salary. Sometimes people will take on a part-time job to come up with funding while they're working in a full-time job. It depends on your energy level, your other outside commitments. Um, You could tap into some savings that you've acquired if you have savings. So that's number one. Um, I think the other challenge is really that our society doesn't have a lot of support systems in place for freelancers. So healthcare, for instance, is very, very expensive if you have to buy it on your own. It can be as much as a mortgage in some cases. It depends mm-hmm. on your age, whether you have children, etc. But it's a big item that you have to pay for if you don't get it through a partner or spouse. So that's a big issue. Um, if work dries up, you don't get unemployment. Like your neighbor next door who might work the same number of hours and pay taxes into the same tax system, you're on your own, so you need to build your own cushion. You also have to cushion yourself against unsteady cash flow. So you you could be making a six-figure income over the course of the year, but maybe none of it comes in over the summer when your business is slow. So you have to plan for that. And many of us have not developed those skills because we live in a society designed around the W-2 job, which was more of an industrial era way of working. So you, you have to get very smart about how you manage your money and probably live below your means, which is not easy in our society with all the commercials with new cars and things mm-hmm. like that. So mm-hmm. that brings us to our um, traits and qualities that will enable you to succeed. The number one is commitment. It's hard to do this. So you have to really be certain you want to. There are a lot of people that say to me, I would love to go freelance. Tell me about your day. You know, How do you do it? And I know they'll never do it because you you have to get up every day and work on it. And they they think it's going to be easy. And if you think it would be easy, (laughs) you're going to be disappointed. You have to put yourself out there. If you're used to having worked for a big corporate entity, when you're calling up as just Elaine Pofeld instead of calling up as Time Inc., it's a little bit different. And, (laughs) And you have to get used to that. And not everybody can, honestly. So there are things like that. Discipline is also important. I noticed there were a number of people in the book who had an athletic background and I thought, wow, that's awesome because that type of discipline gives you the stick to to come back to your computer on a day when things aren't going so well. You know, you, you keep on working at it even if you're not closing sales that day and hope that tomorrow is going to be a better day. So you, you need that also, that commitment and discipline. Elaine, can you share one of your strategies to help someone achieve the $1 million in revenue? Absolutely. One of the common threads I found among the more than 30 entrepreneurs in the book was that they were very inclined to use automation in their business. These folks were not web developers. They were average professional people. But what they did was look for ways to not waste time on inefficient things so that they could focus on the big picture. I think as as small business owners, we tend to get lost in the weeds. We're do-it-yourselfers, and we have to be in the beginning because we don't have the cash flow to support a lot of outside help. But there is a limit to that, and if you're spending all your time entering data into your QuickBooks or you're emailing back and forth relentlessly to set up appointments, you're going to waste the whole day and get nothing big done. So they'll use things like scheduling apps to set up an appointment. Um, I happen to use Schedule Once. There's another one called Calendly that a lot of people like. And there's a whole bunch of other competing products like that, but they enable you to send a link to your public schedule to someone who would like to make an appointment with you. And they can just select the time that works for them instead of the seven emails back and forth that, that might happen. So that if you find enough apps like that, you can free up seven hours of time a week. That's a whole day that you can devote to big picture activities, your business plan, your marketing plan, meeting with enterprise clients who are likely to do a lot of business with you and get out of the weeds and enjoy your life more. You can also spend that time doing something that helps to renew you personally because if you're sitting at your laptop 24-7, you don't have enough distance to think bigger about the business. You might go to yoga that day or do something like that that gives you a little distance so you come back fresh and rejuvenated and can really think creatively about the business. The book is The Million Dollar One Person Business, Make Great Money, Work the Way You Like, Have the Life You Want. Elaine, if our listeners would like to get more information about you and your work, where can they go? 
they can go to the million dollar one person business.com the words are spelled out there are no numbers in that title the million dollar one person business.com Elaine in our final moments leave our listeners with a tip to get started the most important tip to get started is to take the first step devote an hour today or tomorrow to researching your business idea, to researching how to put up your website, whatever the first step is needed in your business, commit to doing it because it's easy to have ideas, but if you don't act on them, they will go nowhere. And by exploring your idea, you'll get a sense of whether this is something you really want to do and gain the momentum to move forward. Elaine, thank you so much for being here with us and for sharing strategies that can help us create and grow a successful business. As an entrepreneur, I can tell you I dream about being that one-person million-dollar business, so I'm sure many other people do as well. And your book gives us a roadmap to achieve that goal, so thank you. Thank you so much, Joan. It was great to be here. We'll be right back. Do you have a need or a desire to work out, but you just don't have the time or money to make it happen? I'm Christina Nemec, co-founder of PATH Health Consultants. Here at PATH, we focus on using lifestyle to prevent and manage health risks. We're a workplace wellness firm dedicated to improving the bottom line of the organizations we work with. Our innovative, personalized approach to wellness supports employees as they adopt and sustain behaviors that improve or maintain their health. In addition, we offer a variety of health seminars and workshops to companies interested in educating and supporting their employees in a group setting. Working out at home can be a really good solution to fitting exercise into a tight schedule and a tight budget. There are many inexpensive products you can buy to turn your home into a gym. Resistance bands come in various lengths and levels of resistance. You can use them for a full body workout and they take up very little space. Exercise balls take up a little more space, but can be used for both strength training and stretching. They're very versatile and easy to use. Finally, suspension systems can give even the most trained athlete an incredible workout, but are equally good for a beginner. They're a little more costly, but are one of the most versatile pieces of equipment on the market. If you'd like more information on home workout equipment or workplace wellness, please contact us at pathhealthllc.com. You insure your house, your car, your possessions, but it's easy to forget what got you those things your ability to earn an income. Just suppose you got disabled and were unable to work. How will you pay your bills? Disability insurance is one of the most overlooked insurance plans. Most people believe there are social programs that will provide them with adequate benefits if they get sick or hurt and are unable to work. But that is not always true. Hi, I'm Ed Gaelic, a life and health insurance broker and founder of PSI Consultants, located in Glenrock, New Jersey. We have specialized in personal insurance and company-sponsored health benefits since 1985. If you are fortunate enough to have a company-sponsored long-term disability plan through work, you are in a better position than having no coverage. However, group policies offer much weaker protection due to group contractual terms and their one-size-fits-all benefits. In addition, if any portion is paid for by the employer, those benefits would be income taxable. Purchasing private individual disability insurance is the answer, whereby you design your own plan to meet your specific needs and budget. Plus, all benefits would be income tax-free since premiums are paid for with after-tax dollars. Individual disability policies are fully medically underwritten and applicants need to qualify. Consider coverage now while you are younger and healthy. Spend a small fraction of your income to protect the majority of it. Again, while group benefits are better than nothing, you'll end up with a lot less than expected and needed should you go on claim. It is important to work with a professional you trust and who understands all the aspects of income protection and who knows what would be the best carrier for you. To contact us and learn more, please visit our website at psi-consultants.com. Do you or does your child struggle to get through your daily to-do list? Hi, I'm Scott Doty, professional academic mentor, performance coach, and owner and CEO of Brainstorm Tutoring, elite network of professional academic coaches in the NYC area. We are all after that elusive ah moment, the empty inbox, the fully checked off to-do list, the feeling that we have crushed it today. Unfortunately, it almost never happens. That to-do list keeps growing. It never gets done. So we need to take control of our to-do lists and learn how to reclaim our tranquility while still being 
being productivity ninjas, here are three pointers. First of all, we need to prioritize our to-do list. We have to make a general to-do list, but then we also have to make a daily to-do list. Today's to-do list should be one-third of our overall list at the most. So if we have 18 items overall that we want to get done right now, we're going to put six on today's list. The second thing we need to do is prioritize today's six. We've got to pick a few, two or three, that we're going to call win column items, meaning if we get these done and nothing else, we can put today in that win column. And the third idea is that we have to eat the frog. That means that we need to do the hardest thing first. Mark Twain said that if you eat a frog first thing in the morning, nothing will be quite as unpleasant the rest of the day. So pick that one item. If you get it done first, that you can say, ah, thank God it's off my mind. And the rest of the day is already in the win column and I can enjoy myself and be productive without being stressed. If you have any more ideas or questions you'd like to throw by me, again, my name is Scott Doty from Brainstorm Tutoring. You can reach me at stormthetest.com. Divorce is an emotional roller coaster. How do you want to be remembered by your loved ones as you go through this process? By taking the high road, you are choosing a future of possibility, hope, and happiness rather than fighting to live in a past riddled with pain, fear, and anger. This is Jackie Atchison, certified divorce coach and founder at Better Path to Divorce. Let me show you how you can navigate the experience with dignity and self-respect. Treat your spouse with respect, even if they don't deserve it. Freely share information about the kiddos and be flexible in parenting times and dates without being asked to. Don't tell the children the unnecessary details of your split. Don't take the bait. Pause, breathe, walk away. Do not engage. Don't text your spouse 50 times a day. Cut the umbilical cord. Resist the urge to hide, lie, or cheat where money is concerned, even if it is being done to you. Let the judge see your spouse for who they are. When you feel you're being nickeled and dimed in your negotiations, let it go. If you are spending $10,000 on your attorney over a $5,000 item, have you really won? You have always been an awesome person. Try not to let the circumstances of divorce change that. Remember, this too shall pass. And when it does and you look in the mirror, you will face yourself with a huge smile knowing you did the very best you could. Together we can do this. To learn more about how divorce coaching can save you time and money, visit me at betterpathtodivorce.com. When was the last time you cleaned out your closet? Hi, I'm Sonica Guadara, certified personal fashion stylist and founder of Style by Sonica. It can be difficult to let go of pretty things that once made your heart flutter or that sweater a relative knit for you. Or what about those pair of jeans you keep saying you'll fit into once you lose the weight? Justifying to keep pieces you no longer need, especially the ones that you spent hard-earned money, can be a daunting task. But when your closet is full to capacity, a closet edit is a must, especially if you are constantly saying that you have nothing to wear with a closet full of clothes. Once you have decided it's time to edit your closet, take in mind the following key factors when doing the edit. Does the garment fit? Have I worn this in the last year? Will I wear it again? Is this in style? Would I buy this today? And last but not least, do I feel confident when wearing this? If you say no to any of the things above, it's time to let go, donate, sell, or toss. If you want to learn more about me and personal styling, visit me at stylebysonica.com. Welcome back to Conversations with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for staying with us. According to the Federal Reserve, America's student loan debt totals more than $1.53 trillion. The reality is that 44 million Americans each month write a check to pay down their debts. However, there's a big emotional cost, too. The immense burden of student loans is forcing some young professionals to delay major life and financial goals. Joining us today to talk about this growing problem is James Herbert, a senior vice president at First Republic Bank and co-head of Eagle Lending. Welcome, James. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. So, James, student loan debt is a heavy weight on our kids who are just starting out. It impacts their emotional health, and some report that it even keeps them from entering a serious relationship. How worrisome is it that student loan debt is taking an emotional toll beyond the financial cost? 
It's extremely worrisome. As you mentioned, with 44 million people, this is truly a national crisis that's affecting a huge amount of our population. We recently conducted a survey of over 2,000 people with student loan debt, and as you mentioned, we found the results were worse than we feared. 75% of them feel depressed about their student debts. 66% of people don't feel like they can upgrade their living situation. And almost 40% of people feel like they would be judged about getting into a romantic relationship because of their student loan debt. The emotional burden is substantial and is taking a real toll on our population. Do you believe that this debt makes our kids feel like they don't have the freedom to find the type of job that's really a right fit for them? Do they feel trapped in a job because they have this enormous debt on their shoulders? Unfortunately, they do. We found that more than half of people felt that they were shackled to a job because of their student debt and they weren't free to pursue what they were really passionate about because they were worried about making their student debt payments. So James, what types of realistic goals should be set in order to manage student loan debt? Everyone's situation is unique, but we'd encourage everyone to explore refinancing. When you refinance, you can often lower your interest rates substantially with rates out there as low as 1.95%. And from that point, you can save on your monthly payments and get out of debt sooner. So in addition to refinancing, are there any other options that are available? One thing you can do is you can ask your employer whether they offer student loan paydown as an employee benefit, as some employers are starting to do. It's something that we're seeing a big push for. And in fact, there's legislation coming to the floor, hopefully in D.C. shortly, that will help make this a reality and a tax benefit reality for employers. How can a person determine if it makes financial sense to refinance a loan? For most people, it will make financial sense because the student loan refinance interest rates are almost always below those that they received from the federal government when they were going through school. So we'd encourage everyone to take a look. In particular, as interest rates rise, the window of opportunity to refinance into a new lower rate is shrinking. So it's one of the reasons why we're pushing people to do so now. Can loans be consolidated into a single payment? They can. When you go through the refinance process, you can take the many payments that you are making to the federal government and consolidate them into one payment, which will help ease the burden of tracking all the student debt. James, thank you so much for joining us. As we said in the beginning, this debt is really taking a toll on our kids as they're starting out in life. So this is a really important topic that we need to consider. And thank you for sharing some great options with us. Thanks so much for having me. That's it for today's show. Thank you for joining us. I hope you found the show informative. At Conversations with Joan, we believe that knowledge is power. Take what you've learned, apply it, and live your best life now. Remember that the information provided are the opinions of our guests and should never replace the advice of a professional who knows your personal situation. If you'd like more information, visit our website, cyacyl.com. That stands for Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. While on the site, listen to past shows on demand, read our digital magazine, take part in the book club, check out our team, and be sure to follow the show on social media. Until next time, this is Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. The preceding pre-recorded program sponsored by Maximilian Communications. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.